Andy here, and if you listen to Footloose Part 1, then you know that we left off just as Ren was pulling up on his first day of school. That's where we pick it up here. It's Ren's first day of school. We have a couple of more voices on the pod and a debate two years in the making. Enjoy. A bunch of things must have gone wrong if you're listening to this. ride virtually <laughs> i i texted i texted greg last night i because i know i i don't get to comment on the opening scene but as the guy here with clearly the biggest foot fetish there were two there were two or three open-toed uh pumps on there that gave me the <laughs> gave me a little blood flow i mean were you were you into the bowling shoes no How? i did i did note that though i was like man that's that's bizarre like they i mean I guess they had to go through what they had on hand at the time. Like how many different shoes can we show that are unique? Right. It's a great opener though. I had a total misconception of this. I thought we were going to watch live and comment. Like mystery science theater 3000. Yes. We've actually kind of tried discussed possibly doing something like that. Um, Without the robots. Without the robots. (laughs) So Kevin Bacon's 26 in this movie. Lori Singer's 27. She's 27. Really? Oh, here comes Greg. Hello. That's all happening. How, how do I? How do I sound this time? You sound good. So, hey, do we have everybody, or is I can only see two names, including myself? You're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to mute yourself on Hangout because otherwise, obviously, you get like the echo. Oh man, has anybody been on a conference call before? <laughs> All I'm doing is watching Brad's boomerang over and over and over and over. <laughs> so I just got done watching uh, Short Circuit 2. Uh, oh, haven't seen did? that in Holy a good shit. 10 years. The whole thing? Yeah. Uh, once that whole like uh, Hatfields and McCoy thing came on, I was like, well, I haven't seen that in a while. That sounds like a good idea to kill time before the pod. Uh, ended about 15 minutes ago. And then... Uh, I wouldn't mind doing a pot about that sometime. <laughs> Buck short circuit one. Let's just go straight to two. Well, I was going to say, we, we, we can just focus on sequels. We can just, we've already done Karate Kid 2. We can focus on short circuit 2. Revenge of the Nerds 2, which we talked about last time. I'm getting in on Revenge of the Nerds 1 for crying out loud. I hired Ogre to make sure of it. (laughs) Yeah, so pre-potential World War III, pre-Kobe Bryant death, pre-Australia's on fire, pre-coronavirus, pre-Tiger King. What we're dealing with, if everybody caught up, we are at Ren's first day of school. He's pulling up in the parking lot, banging your head is blasting out of the car.
so now we've added three more pod podcasters to to what we've got going on here. So we've got David Edwards, who was on our Burbs and Transformers pod. Hello, hello. Jordan Chambers, who contributed to the Back to School pod, and Brad Cameron who uh, bought his way onto the Revenge of the Nerds pod because he was pissed that he wasn't on the Bloodsport pod. bought his way onto this podcast by hiring fucking Donald Gibb to basically come to our homes and beat the shit out of us unless we got him on the pod. And when Donald Gibb shows up and threatens you, you fucking do what he says. So yeah, we had potted up till... Ren's first day of school. So we had the church we had the church sermon. We had the opener with the bowling shoes and some open toed shoes that got Brad's blood flowing. Um <laughs> <laughs> we 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 got we got the Don't scene we got the scene with Chuck and Ariel and that whole bit, the diner, and now we're at the first day of school. Greg, I remember you had had a hot take going into that. Yeah, okay, so we have just left the scene at the diner where Ariel puts in her cassette, everybody starts farting, right? Right. So then we cut immediately to Ren pulling up to school, also blasting music, and everybody's looking at him like he's a fucking asshole. You know, like, uh, for some reason, it doesn't count. So that was kind of the contrast that I was looking at. Well, yeah, it's all about, oh, He's city boy. We're small town. If they say small town one more time in this in this movie, but that's why. It's because they see him with his Illinois plates from a mile away. It's the first time they've ever seen a slug bug. Well, okay. Speaking of, I'm going to bring this up now. Go or else I'll forget it. Because this takes place in Beaumont, Kansas. Right. It looks a lot like Utah. <laughs> I read that it was Utah. It is Utah. Can I just point out that this is your second Chris Penn movie and your first Kevin Bacon movie? Can you believe As it? As it should be. <laughs> how, did, how did you guys, like, six degrees of Chris Penn? It, do you realize, like, rewatching this movie, I realized that Chris Penn's probably in my top five actors of all time? I When I was watching this movie, you know, the second time. <laughs> what, Corky Romano? What, what else? I'm, 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 I'm surprised he didn't get some type of Oscar nod for this movie. Like, with some of the things he did, you know, the whole dancing sequence, but whenever Ren's telling him about the Chicago story about hooking up, like the look on his Dude. face is strictly exactly how a fucking a sexually suppressed 17 year old would look. I'm going to pick up what Jordan was saying about Chris Penn because I have two notes in a row. One is Penn, when he's telling that story, he has the dumbest intrigue grin on his face <laughs> followed by I'm realizing Penn is the best actor in America. <laughs> okay, so before that though, however, before before yes, that, we gotta rewind. We gotta rewind a little yeah. bit. Alright, so Ren has pulled up. Um, you, Greg, you've already talked about how that doesn't really make sense, how everybody was fucking partying the night before and now when somebody parties on their way to school, it's like, what the fuck? Um, so Ren is angsty teening his way through the halls and shoulders up to Willard. Is that, I mean, we've talked about fast bromances before. Oh, I think we're going the same route. And 
I was I was going to direct this exact question to you, Brad. All right, because you were mad about the Bloodsport podcast. Is this a faster friendship than Frank Dukes and Ray Jackson? This is you're all right, Larusso, which is which is immediate antagonism to immediate. I totally respect the shit out of you. Thank you for, thank you for beating me up. Thank it's, you for making fun of my hat. Pin Pin wanted to fight him and kill him just because he bumped into him. Right. But the fact that he made fun of his hat, he was like, right. "I like you, man." Like. <laughs> <laughs> well we find out that willard likes to fight yeah um willard does like to fight which we will get to right we get so willard explains dancing's illegal uh because of this car wreck that's kind of left to the ether a little bit if i remember right then i believe we're looking at next where they're kind of in stop me if i'm skipping something but in ren's car and he's, he's like, hey, are you rich? Because he has a cassette tape player. And he's asking him, you know, oh, you ever heard of Men at Work? And he's like, where they yeah. work? Yeah, it's that whole dialogue about the popular bands at the time that Willard hasn't heard of. You know, Men at Work. Right. It's an entire Laurel and Hardy <laughs> skit because it's like, well, what about the police? What about it? You heard them? No, but I've seen him. What, a concert? No, behind you. What? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah and it's just like, good. who's on first? It's, <laughs> it's your Mount Rushmore, Andy. <laughs> oh, it is my Mount Rushmore. We'll get to why it's my Mount Rushmore. I was always, I always liked how uh, the cop it does his little police brutality bit by... The the, the st- like the smacking of the tape against his chin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very authoritative Wait. move by the cop. They just hate Quiet Riot so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they hate Quiet Riot and they hate Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> I feel like the next few scenes are just kind of just showing how much uh, how much of a grip Shaw has on the whole town. Yeah, so you get Shaw listening to classical music and explaining that it's okay because it doesn't confuse people's minds. And then you get uh, Ren getting the job at the mill. You know, I know Andy, you, Jordan, I talked about it a little bit a couple nights ago, but uh, the guy who runs the mill is a candidate for my... So I, I, and I know... Is it a question? Andy Bemis... Who comes out as this wise beyond his years flour mill owner with questionable hiring criteria? Because that boy don't know shit. He he knows he knows nothing about how to operate any of the machinery, and then he makes a wise ass crack, and he's like, "Start Thursday." Uh, it's a small town. He's just gotta have a <laughs> the very unorthodox Thursday start day. <laughs> You look like you do gymnastics. You're probably so. And Andy was on my list of Burke Award nominees. I just love the the next scene is just bacon stacking the flour. Yeah, and and it is just it's the only stunt that he performs in the entire movie because from here on out it's just dancing and gymnastics. But right now, that's actually him stacking <laughs> the fucking flower and patting and struggling. <laughs> and then that's when Ariel shows up. Oh, I remember. I know one thing we, we forgot to talk about. At the end of the first day of school, 
when he's backing out, he almost backs into Chuck, right? We so, never really get confirmation. Is Chuck – does raises, he go to school? I don't think Chuck goes to the school. But then my other question is how did he know that he was wearing a yeah, tie? Yeah, he must have seen him at church or something, or what was it? Well, he specifically wore no, the tie the first day of school. Because oh, his mom told him not to because it was too David Bowie. And he's like, but I like it. But Chuck like asks him about the tie, and then he burns him back with a really not good burn. That's like was you know, not, only I thought only asshole said pants. Was he not wearing the? He's <laughs> he's the McConaughey of this. Situation. How, how dare how, how dare you talk that way about McConaughey? See, my my impression was always he was like exactly that, a, a little bit older, a year like or two year older. Or two. But obviously, he's not going to college. But he still hangs around. Of course, of course is still hanging around at the high school and picks his little fight with Ren and then comes to high schools all day, just like Booger. So, then, then he gets he gets the job at the mill. <laughs> Ariel shows up. So after that whole the parking lot scene and then, you know, I believe it's before the Ariel showing up to the mill scene, it's when it's when Penn and Ren are doing gymnastics. In, in the, the gym, and I'm just like, who the fuck does just gymnastics? Like, my our high school did not have gymnastics, so that was just kind of a, a weird thing to me. And so when when Ren was asking about Ariel, he he asked about her, and says, "Well, I heard she's been kissed a lot." Right. And then and then the immediate <laughs> cutoff is to her obviously just being banged in the woods. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what's great about that, right. So that comes right after Ariel showing up to the mill because she's like, hey, you know, what is it? Chuck wants to meet you out in the field tomorrow, blah, 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 show up. You go to the gymnastics scene, which I'm like, Fuck yeah! As you said, gymnastics was big in the eighties, man. You got <laughs> right American <laughs> Anthem. Oh yeah, <laughs> gymnastics and, and karate. Uh, but it, I do think that this is bizarre, though, because the eighties was made for gratuitous sex scenes or gratuitous yeah. nudity. Suppose you know whatever, whichever one you want to go with. I literally <laughs> have a pause right now. <laughs> it's a little bit zipped down. And his shirt's <laughs> off, right? <laughs> His shirt is yes. Yeah, they, no, they are they are done. They're finished. <laughs> they're getting back in. They're getting their clothes back on. And Chuck's um, getting high. That's the best thing to do after sex. <laughs> socks on. This is actually this is the scene that it opens it up to again. Like one of the reasons that I know that he's like a graduate who's trying to hang on to the girl that's like the prom queen kind of thing because he's like, baby, yeah. you're you're as small town as it gets. Like he's trying to hold her back. So now we get to the infamous tractor race. The One of the greatest the things of all time. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm oh, still yeah. saying no, this is standoff. This is where, so in my... Oh, this is the first fight? Yeah, so this is... This is... Chicken race with the tractor. Chicken race with the tractor for the infamous use of holding out for a hero Correct. by Mrs. Bonnie Tyler. So who it's, is it's, teaching uh, Ren how Woody. to drive? It's Willard Woody. and Woody. He but knows how to smarter. drive a tractor, and Willard is just repeating everything that he says. Yes, that's scene. true. <laughs> David, you you are you are a hundred percent correct. <laughs> so, but you, but yes, we have the okay. race getting set up with tractors, and they're on they're on Chuck's farm. And you're uh, mm-hmm. Dave. You're right. Woody is teaching him how. 
and Willard is doing nothing but repeating everything that Woody is saying, almost to the point where you can't understand what Woody is saying because of Willard following him up, <laughs> saying the exact same thing. If I'm Ren, I'm like, Willard, shut the fuck up so that Woody can teach you how to drive this tractor. But honestly, to Jordan's point from earlier, him being able to just talk over him, does this make Penn <laughs> the, the best supporting actor here? I mean, like, this is, that's hard to keep a straight face and talk straight over the same guy. Dude, you know, Sean was talking to his brother and being like, dude, I don't care what the fuck goes on. Get some words in. I don't care if you have to repeat every word the other guy is saying. Power move. <laughs> <laughs> Like so Ariel, Ariel is tasked to start the race, which she does so by yeah. throwing her hat in the air, which always kind of confused me. That, that's a country thing. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a country thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but the one thing that I I actually timed it because just from just sheer common sense and timing i looked at how far apart they were that that should have lasted no more than 15 seconds and i actually i actually tied right. it and it lasted 90 seconds and i think it was just so they could plug in bonnie tyler's song the thing is that it ruins the entire whatever for me this ruins the entire movie because he's not actually a hero yes <laughs> yes. fucking shoelace gets I'm caught. so glad you said that. I'm on Team Greg. I'm on Team Greg here on the. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I I because do not. Johnny Five is a real a hero. Fuck. <laughs> song was written for Footloose. Ren, was it really? That's what I'm doing. Ren, yeah, but it really was. So I've got I've got the the Wikipedia page up right now, holding out for a hero recorded by Bonnie Tyler for the soundtrack. <laughs> So it was written, so Jim Steinman had been recruited to work on the Footloose soundtrack for which he wrote Holding Out for a Hero with Dean Pitchford, who wrote all the other songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> Tyler recorded the song at Paramount Studios and was shown the scene of the film where the song would feature. So she was singing with that enthusiasm and intensity. Knowing full well no that our hero, Ren McCormick... Not a hero. <laughs> got his shoelace stuff. So what? When, when you think of this, though, like, okay, nowadays we have, like, television and documentaries and all these great things. Like, you see John Williams, like, scoring this entire orchestra in front of a giant IMAX screen with, like, Star Wars, like, action playing in the background. Do you think that that's how... What'd you say his name was? George Steinman? Do you think that that's how he... He choreographed this whole thing. He put us up a giant screen of this chicken race, and he has Bonnie Tyler in the studio. And- I think holding out for a hero means that none of these people in the fucking movie are a hero. That's a hot fucking take. <laughs> yeah, check this out. You know, you know, I'm so gonna Ren, go in. You know, I'm gonna go in and edit there. all of this. Been waiting for two years to make this point. <laughs> so, all right, so Ren. He's a hero later in the movie, 
but in this scene, so he doesn't know how to drive a tractor. He tries to bail multiple doesn't times. Matter. His shoelace is stuck. J5, on the other hand, is dying. He's still throwing pallets <laughs> around. He's going after Oscar. He shoots a child-sized suction cup at the top of a crane to support his 800-pound body and Oscar's 300-pound body to lift him off a moving boat and then basically dive after just to get his man. J5's the hero. It makes more sense for that movie. <laughs> well, so I, too, have the Wikipedia. The first line <laughs> under the song Holding Out for a Hero under Impact is Holding Out for a Hero has become a torch song and the LGBT community the Star Observer of Australia deemed the song a dearly loved gay anthem. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. that You're goddamn about right. right it. <laughs> you know, you know what, Greg? We may, we may have to, we may have to have a stalemate and admit that it could be best used not in Footloose and not in Short Circuit Two. But actually, who's Harry Crumb? Oh, he is. Nice. What's her name? Shawnee Smith is driving the uh, the car that that George Bluth drives, the truck with the stairs. Well after the tic tac toe on her belly, well after the beard, well after Z Sean, Bombay from Bombay Air Conditioning. You want to talk about cultural misappropriation? <laughs> All right. Um, so we have the chicken race with tractors that solidifies Ren as needing to change the course of this entire small town for years and years to come. Okay, there you have it. That is part two of our Footloose podcast. And that includes the two year long debate as to whether or not holding out for a hero is better used in Footloose or Short Circuit 2. Now, if you just listen to this, you probably realize that there seem to be a couple more people on Team Short Circuit 2, um, where it seems like I am standing alone holding the torch for holding out for a hero being used in Footloose. Now, what you don't know is that me and Greg had a side conversation. Didn't get recorded, but it went a little something like this. Well, Greg, we've had our debate over the best use of holding out for a hero. Now, I still think that because the song was written for this movie and for this scene in particular, I do think that holding out for a hero is best used in Footloose. What do you think? I'm going to agree with you. 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 Okay, so there you have it. That is obviously an un- edited conversation between me and Greg, and Greg, therefore, has come over to my side and agrees with me. Just remember this. When you are having a debate with your co-host on your podcast, just remember, you want to be the one that has the final say when it comes to editing. So that's it. We have part two of Footloose and... We are working on getting the rest of our audio put together and sent out. And once we do, we will get that out to you immediately. But for now, stay home, stay safe. We are Quato's Rebellion. Rebellion.